The past few weeks we've been learning the obligations of husbands to wives and wives to husbands. And now we continue as the family enlarges. Baruch Hashem, there are already children. We'll discuss the basic obligations of parents to children. Today we'll discuss the halachos that a father is obligated to his son. And we'll begin with the mitzvahs of the Torah the biblical obligations that a husband has to his son. The Mishnah in Kiddushin has a rather enigmatic phrase. When Davchav Tesh the Mishnah says there's mitzvahs ha-bein av and mitzvahs ha-av al-abein. The Gemara has to explain which one is referring to the father's obligations to his children and which is referring to the children's obligations to the parents. But at the end, the Gemara says that the phrase there are mitzvahs of the son that the father must do for the son. And those mitzvahs, men are obligated and women are exempt. In other words, the father is obligated to his son, but the mother is not obligated to her son. So we'll discuss the ones that are biblical. The Mishnah didn't give the exact list, but the Gemara there, Davchav Tassim quotes the Braisa, the others we will discuss later, as they are do not seem to be of biblical origin. But these three chiyuvim are obligations that a father has to a son. The first is lamolo, to give him a bris milah. Now, the Gemara says that the source for this obligation of the father is because it says, Vayamal Avraham is Yitzhak beno. At first glance, that seems like a rather strange source. The source says that Yitzchak was circumcised by his father Avraham. It's a statement of fact. Avraham was mal Yitzchak. That sentence doesn't seem to be any obligation. The Torah records a fact. Of course, the Torah does continue... Avram circumcised Yitzhak as God commanded him. And we do know that Avram was commanded by God to use this as a source text that from forever and ever a father is obligated to mal his child seems a little strange that we learn from Sefer Bereshis from a historical event that happened to Avram there, there is an obligation to the father forever and ever. In fact, the Rambam in, Mar- in the Perusha Mishnayis and Chulin, in Perak Gidhanasha, the Rambam emphasizes the fact that we do not have obligations in the Torah today because of what preceded Matan Torah. Everything is in Sefer Bereshis, the Rambam gives a very important principle, was repeat, re- repeated later in the Torah, and that's what makes it obligatory today. In the Torah later on, it doesn't seem that conclusive that there's a, a chiv on the father. So it is a little unusual that the Gemara learns it from Vayamal Avram But this is the accepted halacha that a father is obligated to mal the child. Of course, the Gemara says, what do you do if the father did not fulfill his obligation? So the Gemara continues. If the father did not fulfill his obligation, did not arrange the bris, 
Bezdin is required to mal the child. Now, who's Bezdin? Very often when we think of Bezdin, we think of a, a certain group of people that sits in Din. But we know that occasionally the word Bezdin doesn't mean a, really the local court. It means the obligation of the community. Here, there doesn't seem to be an obligation of any specific Bezdin. But it does seem that it's a an obligation on the community. In other words, anyone who has a possibility of circumcising this child is so obligated to do so. And the Gemara says it's a Pasuk. This Pasuk is also in Bracious. Himol Lachem Kol Zachar. Himol Lachem means you should circumcise, but it's Lachem in a plural. Not Himol Lachar, that the father should do it. Himol Lachem, the community should do it. More people. So it, this is a, a black and white halacha in the Gemara that the father is obligated, and if there's no father or the father does not fulfill his obligation, Bezdin, which I interpret to mean the community, is required to in, in, be involved in this Mila. Then the Gemara says, Veheicha Dulo Male Beidina. If no one fulfilled this obligation, and the child was indeed not circumcised, he's an RL. Then he is required to arrange the wrist to himself. Because the Torah said any male child who did not have a bris is chayev kares. Exactly when he's chayev kares is the source of a controversy between the Rambam and the Ravid. But nevertheless, the basic punishment for omitting a bismillah is kares. It's one of the few, maybe two or three mitzvahs asay, for that omission of which would chiv kares. Normally chiv kares, of course, would only be for an act of commission. But for an act of omission, so it would be very highly unusual that someone would be chiv kares. Here, the child who does not have a bris of course, the assumption is that he's reached the age of maturity. I don't think the obligation could possibly be before he's bar mitzvah, but once he's bar mitzvah, so there's a chiyuv on him to be mal, and theoretically there's a chiyuv kares involved. At what point I said is a machlokus between the Rambam and the Raifit. So we have three steps. A father's obligated. If no father, or the father didn't do it, bezdin, the community, and if not the community, then he is required to do him to do so himself. And again, it's learned from the pasuk in Bereishis. The Gemara then goes on to say, "How do I know that a woman is not obligated in this mitzvah?" In other words, the father is obligated, but not the mother. How do I know that? So it says again from Bereishis. As God commanded him. And it seems to be the emphasis is in the word Oto. He was commanded to the exclusion of Sarah, to the exclusion of the mother. The father is obligated and not the mother. Now, when I say the mother is not obligated, obviously it means there's no special obligation on the part of the mother. 
Because of this pasuk, it would still be a question whether the mother would be obligated in bris mila when the father did not do the bris, or in the case of chas v'sham, there is no father, the father already passed away. In terms of being a mother, the Gemara said she's exempt. But isn't she part of Klal Yisrael? If I say Bezdin would really literally mean Bezdin, so then I would say, okay, only the men who sit in court are obligated in this mitzvah. But since we've assumed that the halacha of Bezdin does not refer to, be, to a real Bezdin, it refers to the community, a woman assumedly would be obligated in this mitzvah because she's part of Klal Yisrael, and all part of Klal Yisrael would be required to give a child a mila, and it would be included under the concept of himolachem kal zachar. This may, may very well be true. A mother is not obligated because she's his mother, but she is obligated because she's part of the community, and the people in the community who are responsible to fulfill this mitzvah are apparently the people that would have a connection, who would be able to do it, who have some sort of a right to do this mitzvah. Since the mother is the mother of the child, so it would seem that the mother should be obligated in this mitzvah as part of the community. But she is not required to do the brismila as being the mother of the child, but rather as a member of the Jewish fraternity, as it were. Could a woman do the mila? This is a very interesting question by itself. There is a machlokas in the Gemara Navadazara whether a, a, a woman can, in fact, do a bris. The uh, Gemara brings the Pasuk, Vatikach Tzipora, Tzor Vatichrot, Tzorlat Bena. Tzipora, the wife of Moshe, took the implement and she did the bris. So this certainly would imply that a woman is Kshera Lamul. A woman can do the can do the bris, and there is a machlokas in the Gemara. So one opinion explains that when it says Sipara took the implement, the kli, the tzor, so it doesn't necessarily mean that she took it with her own hands. It's as if it would be vatukach hatzor. She arranged for it to be taken. In other words, she arranged for the bris to be done, and therefore the Torah said she took the kli, but not always in the Torah, when it says somebody took it, does it really mean that he took it himself? It's interesting because we have a number of places in Chumash where somebody does seems to have done something and there we'll find the Machloket, we'll find a controversy among the Rishonim. Did he really do it or did he instruct for it to be done? Uh, for example, it says when Avram woke up early in the morning, it says Vayachavosh. Uh, Avram... Uh, himself saddled his horse. And so we see that by Bilam, that he uh, did his work to be on the way. Uh, Paro in Beshalach, it says, he harnessed his, his chariot. And Rashi consistently points out that these people did it by themselves, even though normally they would instruct their servants to do it. But because of their zeal in doing this particular action, whether it be uh, really a positive statement that their zeal to do a mitzvah or backwards would be a very derogatory statement in their in their anxiousness to do an Avera, to do something wrong, 
they uh, did it themselves. Rashi consistently says they did it themselves because the Torah said those words, they did it. Whereas Ibn Ezra and other commentators say, no, when the Torah says he did it, it doesn't mean he did it. It means he arranged to have it done. So here also, we have a similar question. When Sipora took the Tsar, did she do it? Which would imply that a woman is Kasha Famila, or did she instruct someone else to do it? And if we would assume that she really did instruct someone else to do it, presumably the reason she did not do it herself is because she cannot do a bris. It seems that the Shulchan Aruch paskins that a woman is allowed to do a bris. But nevertheless, it's not recommended. If there would be a chance for a, a male mohel, it would be better to have a male mohel, but it seems that a woman is kasha lemila. In uh, our experience, I've never seen it, I've never heard of it. But I think in the Shulchan Aruch, it's not recommended, but it's certainly accepted. Now, the reason that women are exempt from the mitzvah of Mila for their children, is because the Torah said, as we said, and the Gemara explained, Tosas asks a world famous question. This is, seems to be a mitzvah since bris Mila is on the ninth, is on the eighth day, so there's a specific time that you must do the bris, so it's obvious that women are exempt from, from circumcising their children, because it's a mitzvah saseh, shazman grama. Why does the Gemara bring a proof text from the Pasuk Hashet Sivaoto Alukim? So Tosfus has a, a few answers. One answer is that really it's not as mangrama because the obligation is created on the eighth day, true, but it never stops until you fulfill the obligation. Normally, a mitzvah stasha as mangrama would be a mitzvah that you do today, but tomorrow there's no obligation. Or you do it in the morning, but you can't do it in the afternoon, you can't do it at night, whatever it is. But here, the, it is true that there's a time the mitzvah starts, but there's no time that it ends. And of course, Tosas would have to discuss does the mitzvah really end at night? Can you be mal at, at night or only in the daytime? If you could be mal at night too, then it's a uh, mitzvah stasha as no grammar, because you can be mal any time from the eighth day on. Tosas and Megillah suggest another answer that's well known. And that is that the exemption of women from mitzvah saseh shazman grammar relates to general mitzvahs, mitzvah saseh. Within the category of mitzvah saseh, there are at least two, and maybe three, I said before, that are unusual in the fact that there's a chi of kares. We know by Kabbam Pesach, and bris milah, two mitzvahs I say that the omission of which would create a chiyuv kares. Since these mitzvahs are unusual and do not fall within the general pattern of mitzvahs I say, perhaps a woman would be obligated in the mitzvahs I say shazman grama, which your chayiv kares. If that would be true, then theoretically a woman should be chayiv in milah, even though it's a mitzvah I say shazman grama. If that would be true, then you'd therefore the Pasuk Alukim came to tell me that women are not obligated in this mitzvah. Even though it's a mitzvah nevertheless, women are exempt because of the Pasuk Alukim, and we learn Another famous answer is explained by the Tosas Rid. Many uh, Rashi Yeshiva have expanded upon this teretz that the real din of, of bris milah has to be understood. Is it a mitzvah that you must do to your son? You must mal the child? 
Where's the real mitzvah to arrange for the bris to be done? You don't have to mal the child. You have to arrange for him to be done. Let's say a father, for whatever reason, cannot be there at the bris. But uh, a week before the bris, uh, the, the day the child is born, the day after the child is born, the father calls the moel, arranges the bris, arranges the catering, arranges all the necessary uh, functions. He even hires a photographer. He does everything that's necessary. But he's not there at the bris. Would you say that he fulfilled his mitzvah? It's very possible that he did fulfill the mitzvah. When did he fulfill it? Well, he fulfilled it basically. The maisa that he did is by arranging the bris. Obviously, when the bris was done, so then his obligation had been fulfilled by the fact that he was involved in it in the first place. If that would be true, then it's not really a Zman Grama. Zman Grama is when the mitzvah actually is going to be done, but the involvement of the father can be done at any time. And this would have to be studied carefully. Is that really what the Tavzal Srid meant? But it certainly would be another explanation why it is not considered a regular Zman Grama, and therefore women would have been obligated had it not been for the Pasuk Kasher Tziva Oto, Oto Vlota. The the last question about Brit Milah is really beyond the scope of this particular shear, but in terms of the father's obligation the, to mal his child, there's a famous question, does it mean that he should do it himself? It's considered like a mitzvah shebegufo, a mitzvah that he should do himself, like he, you're obligated to put on tefillin by yourself, you're obligated to repetitus on yourself, you're obligated to mal the child, or is the mitzvah really only to arrange for the child to have this bris mila? The uh, third possibility is that the father really should do it himself, but he can appoint a shaliach. You, you can uh, arrange for a proxy, a shaliach, to do the mitzvah for you, but you need shlichus. That, by the way, is the custom that most people do today. Obviously, the question whether a father should do it himself is only relevant in a case where the father is capable of doing this mitzvah himself. Otherwise, it would be dangerous and it certainly should not be done by someone who is not uh, well-versed in the uh, accomplished in the idea of doing a, 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 an act of surgery, a, a bris mila. But assuming he could do the bris, could, would he be allowed to appoint a shaliach or should he do it himself? Our general practice is that the father appoints a shaliach. Uh, the the moel comes to the bris, and the father appoints him as a shaliach. The, the moel usually tells the father, make me a shaliach to mal your child. Reb Chaim was of the opinion that shlichus doesn't really uh, affect the mitzvah of milah. He felt that the two sides of the question would be whether really the obligation of the father is to do it himself, but if the father can't do it himself because he's not capable, then, uh, all right, he gets somebody else to do, the, to, to do the bris. But he doesn't really fulfill the obligation which is on his shoulders, as it were, that he should do it himself. The other side, Rebchaim understood, what could be a viable possibility that the mitzvah is not to do it at all. The mitzvah is just to arrange to get it done. If you arrange to get it done, then you don't have to appoint a shaliach either. A shaliach would only be in a case where you really should do it yourself, but you can't or don't want to do it yourself, so you appoint a shaliach. It's, I think Reb Chaim felt that the, this concept of shlichas by bris milah really did not make sense. Either the obligation is on the father to do it himself, in which case shlichas would not be possible, or the mitzvahs to arrange it, in which case a shlich, uh, shlichas would not be necessary. But the 
as I said before, the accepted practice is not like that. The accepted practice is the father appoints a shaliach to mal the child for him. If a, a responsible member of the community would arrange for the bris milah, I would assume he doesn't need to make a shaliach because it's not there considered a mitzvah shibagufa. There certainly would be a mitzvah to arrange for the bris. Himolachem calls zachar. You should have have it arranged to be done in, in terms of bris milah. The second obligation that a father has is pidyon aben. Of course, in the case of a bechor, a bechor who's pete rechem, the firstborn to the mother in a natural childbirth, so there is a mitzvah called pidyon aben, and the this is one of the obligations that a father has to his son. The Gemara derives this from a pasuk called Bukhar Banecha Tivdeh. Now this is the pasuk already in Shmos. The Torah told us that you have to do a Pinyin Aben. Now the Gemara says, what would happen if the father didn't do it? For whatever reason, the father did not fulfill his obligation of doing Pinyin Aben. So then the Gemara says, Then the child himself would have to do the Pinyin Aben, obviously when he is Bar Mitzvah. Here, the Gemara skipped the midpoint. By Mila, we had three levels. The father is obligated. If the father did not do it, Bezdin is obligated. If the Bezdin did not do it, the child is Mukhiv himself. Here, we only have two levels. The father is obligated. If there's no father, the father didn't do it, so then the child is obligated when he's Bar Mitzvah. What about the midpoint? We find a very interesting halacha, which has been a topic of much debate, in Shulchan Aruch Yeradeya Simen Shinhei. The, the Ramah learns, the Ramah paskins, Ha'ein ha'av yachol levdot ha'idei shaliach, v'gam ein bezdin podim osa below ha'av. The Ramah quotes a rivosh, from the Tshuvas HaRivosh, that a father cannot do pedina ben by shaliach. He learns it's a mitzvah, that's obligatory on the father himself, that liked filling, that he's got to do it with his own hands, his own pidyon aben. You can't even make a shaliach. And Bezdin cannot do it either without the father. It would seem to me that this concept, that the father's got to do it, and he cannot appoint a shaliach, is based on the, on the point that we just raised. The Gemara skipped the middle point. The Gemara said that if the, the father is obligated, if there's no father, he does it himself. And the it skipped the point that Bezdin's obligated. So it could be that the Rivash thinks nobody else could do it. Why Why would he think no one else can do it? Perhaps no one else would have the dominion over the son necessary to be Poda. Poda implies some concept that I have something that I have to redeem. A father and a son, you could talk about the relationship that a father has a son. But someone else in Bezdin, someone else in the, in, the, in the community, you might say that there's no such concept of doing it. However, the Achronim took this uh, psak of the uh, Ramah and argued with it at great lengths. In fact, they point out that while it is true that the Ramah quotes a Rivash, the Rivash did not say it. The Taz, for example, quotes the Rivash, as the asker 
in the Rivosh is a Sefer of Sheilotu Tshuvot. So the Sheila was about the text of the Bracha of Pinyin Aben. We know this Sugyan Psachim has a long discussion whether you make the Bracha to using the word Al, like in Al Mikra Megillah, or use the word L, as in Lehaniach um, Tfilin. By Tfilin, we actually have two. One, Lehaniach Tfilin, and Al Mitzvah Tfilin. The Gemara has a whole sugya, which is a very complicated sugya. At the end, Tosva says that we never came up with a clear distinction to know precisely when you say which, but we've tried to make great efforts in this direction. And many Rishonim have given their own theories. So in that, within that context, the Rivash was asked, why do we make the bracha al Ben? Since the father is obligated, that's the way the person posed the question, and he cannot do it through a shaliach or through Bezdin. So therefore, why do you make the bracha al Ben? And why don't you say liftos as Ben? So the Rivash responded, and discussed the issue of the text of the bracha. He went back to discuss the basic issue. Do you say al or le? When do you say al and le? He did not refer at all to the basic assumption of the question that there's a difference between the father's obligation in Pidyon Aben and Mila, where anybody would be obligated, but here in Pidyon Aben, only the father and no one else. And the Mivosh never responded to that point. So it's a question that was asked by the person who who phrased the question, but it's not necessarily the opinion of the of the of the Rivash at all. And the Svara, the logic why someone else cannot do the opinion Aben is questionable because we know by other matanot, we know by other cases that a person can do pidyon. For other people, not just in Pidyon Aben, but in other concepts of of giving Trumus Masros, of 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 Pidyonos, that a father, that a, anybody can do it for somebody. The question is, is it right for him to do it? Did he steal a mitzvah? Would he have to pay the money back? All kinds of questions could be raised. But to say that a father, that no one else can do Pidyon Aben, seems to be a very big chiddush. The Pischi, the Vilna Gaon, there in Simon Shinhei, Says, Kol This halacha is very, very, very wonder, wonder, causes wonder, wondrous. Obviously, you can make a shaliach, a shaliach represents the person. In terms of Pinyin Aben, he says, it's not a mitzvah shebegufa. Ela Afilu shalaf. He says, anyone could do the Pinyin Aben, even if the father wasn't there. And he talks about collecting debts and other cases where a person can pay an obligation for someone else. And he learns that Pidyan Aben is a monetary obligation. You could discuss the mitzvah or the monetary obligation. The Grot accepted the concept that there's a monetary obligation. Anybody can pay it. So he really questioned this halacha. Why could a father not do a Pidyan Aben through a shaliach? Or indeed, why someone else could not do a Pidyan Aben for the father? The uh, Minig of Yerushalayim once, I don't know today, but once the Minig of Yerushalayim was that in the case where Chas Shalom the father, died before the child, they had a special medallion that they placed upon the child 
to tell, to remind the child to do Pidyan Aben when he was 13. I had a friend, Reb Chananya, Reb Chananya Davis, Yerushalmi, and as you can tell by the name, Reb Chananya, Reb Chananya. He was named for his father. As an Ashkenazi family, that means that his father passed away before he was born. And he was a Bukhar. So he told me that he himself had this medallion placed upon him and it was he wore it from the time he was born until he was by mitzvah, at which point he did the, the Pinyin Aben himself. So apparently Minag Yerushalayim was in accordance with the Ramah. Lately I've heard that in a case that did occur in Yerushalayim, the grandfather did the Pinyin Aben. Whether the Bezdin Paskin that anyone could do the Pinyin Aben or perhaps the grandfather is different, was unclear in my mind exactly what happened. I was just told by a very reliable source that a few years ago such a case did occur in Yerushalayim and they arranged the Pinyin Aben and the grandfather did the Pinyin Aben. I don't know the reasoning of the of that particular Bezdin, but it very well could be that they felt that you don't even need a grandfather. Anybody could do the Pinyin Aben, which seems to be the opinion of the Vilna Gaon. The Gemara goes on to, in Kedushan to say that a woman is not Mechuyiv in Pidyin Aben. And the Gemara learns it from the double phrase, Padotivde. Padotivde means a woman is not Mechuyiv to be Nifde. The Din of a Bechor only applies to boys and not to girls. Called Bechor Banechativde, the oldest son, Shlev Pidyin Aben. And the Gemara says, Padotivde, we learn the obligation to do Pidyin Aben would only be incumbent upon someone who has an obligation primarily for themselves. But if you're not Mechuyev for yourself, then you're not Mechuyev for anybody else. And we learn conversely that you're not Mechuyev for yourself, you're not Mechuyev for others. So therefore the mother is not obligated in Pidyin Aben. Again, the same question would be raised. True, she would not be obligated. This would not be as mangrama because there for sure the obligation starts at a certain time, but then it would continue forever and ever until it was finally done. So therefore the Pasuk told me that women are exempt from this mitzvah of Pinyin Aben. The same question that we've discussed until now. Would a mother be able to do Pinyin Aben would depend upon what we learned in the Ramah and the Vilna Gaon. The mother would not be different than any other member of the Bezdin. She might be better than any member of the Bezdin. She might be better than the grandfather also. So it could be that the mother could do the Pinyin Aben, but is not obligated. We'll begin next year by the continuing the obligations of the father. We haven't fulfilled the, fin- finished the Daraisas. We'll discuss the Daraisas and the Rabbanans and Yot Hashem next week.